You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. Biblically, though, we're called to live selflessly and we're called to live sacrificially so that other people can succeed, especially those that we're pouring into. And so for us who have kids, what does it look like for us to to really invest in them? And uh, then I do have a World Cup analogy here. Landon Donovan, who played for the U.S. for a long time, talking about this new squad, so he's no longer playing. I loved hearing how he was calling out these younger players, this new generation, and he was encouraging them in what he was actually saying was, they're way better than we were. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what it takes too for us to be willing to say, those that will come after me will be better. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I am Taylor. We are kicking off a new series called God With Us as we count down to the Christmas season. And I'm joined by two special guests and friends. First, we have Lead Pastor Jose Evero with us. Jose, thanks for being here. Good morning, Taylor. Always good to be here. Always great to have you. And we are joined by special guests, the doctor in the house, Dr. <laughs> Carl Folingstad is with us. Carl, thanks for being here. Danke schön. Thank you very much. <laughs> Jose, I'd love to give you the first word, not only of just the behind the scenes as you prepared for this week's message, but yes. even the series as a whole and what's so significant about this series. Before we go any further, I have to say, you're going to have to keep us in line here, Taylor, because the World Cup's happening. So Carl and I have, um, you know, a tension in, 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 inside with priorities. So. Commentary will be limited. Yeah, there you go. That's it. So God with us. That's what the significance is of this season, that God became man, that God became um, human through Jesus. And uh, we see Matthew one twenty three. He will be called Emmanuel, which means which means God with us. So the, my hope for this series is that we would continue to focus on what's most significant. And then as I read Luke's narrative, I realized there are some pretty significant details in seemingly in, through seemingly insignificant ways, through, for example, Zechariah, and we'll get into the text mm-hmm. here, compared to, you know, focusing on Herod the king. So Jesus came to us not as this powerful king um, with earthly authority, but uh, a baby that was born in a manger. You know, we would normally just look through these details. And yet, if we stop and realize that these are deeply significant, I think they'll help us as we navigate through through the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll jump into, you have uh, six points, kind of takeaways from the story of Zechariah, but what personally stood out to you as far as looking at him and his story and just how it relates to that significant piece well, the, for us? The first thing that stood out to me is this is, John the Baptist's dad. So it's not, you know, we're not starting with Jesus's family. We're starting with his cousin's dad, his uncle, right? And so um, it's it's a little different than what I would have expected. And so uh, I looked at Zechariah. Obviously, we'll, we'll be looking at Mary next week. And so that'll be more obvious as to what we normally would expect from a Christmas um a message. Right, so right. yeah, that, that's what that's what stood out. Oh, that's really good. Carl, love to pull you in too as we unpack these points, looking at Luke 1, and there's kind of a lot of different really good messages all coming from just this one passage here. Uh, Jose, your first point that you pulled out was just finding the joy in the little things and how that's so easy for us just to kind of gloss through, especially in this season, the holiday season kicking off with a lot of busy things happening, a lot of, uh, you know, maybe more time with family does not bring about joy for some people. So there's just a lot 
lot of things that we we can lose joy in. So I'd love to hear both of y'all's thoughts. Jose, one of the things you mentioned was just this concept of protecting our joy and guarding our joy. So what would be ways in which we can do that as believers, as as people of faith, that we, as we're following God and as we're living our lives, uh, what, what have you seen maybe as ways that have stolen that joy or tried to steal that joy? And what are ways that you can be on guard to maintain that joy? I think one of the things, again, here is, I uh, say, find joy in the little things. So Zachariah was, I'm going to get this right, he was part of the division of Abijah. There you is go. that right, yeah. Carl? Yeah. There we go. Perfecto. And so Abijah is just one of 24. And um, oftentimes we look at the more, you know, we, we make mountains out of molehills, right? And and so how do we really keep things into perspective and, and recognize that God used him and God can use us to for his perfect purposes? So, um when we focus in on on Jesus, he, he really gives perspective to what he really is doing through maybe a hard relationship in family or a hard circumstance at work. Mm-hmm. When Jose, you talked about Advent, you know, uh, that was really, it reminded me of like when, when we were in Europe and uh, it's not so commercial there. It's a little bit That's like right. that, but it's not so much. And so they talk a lot about Advent, the coming. And it's kind of like a real meditative time, especially since it's cold and dark in a That's lot right. of Northern Europe. But uh, it, it, it's a different vibe. It's, it's kind of like, okay, um, it's not just about, you know, buying stuff and all the, all the thrills of, of, of the generation of, of uh, commerce and all that kind of great thing and celebration, but it's kind of like a reflective time too. Mm-hmm. So just protecting your time and, you know, you know, light a few candles and, uh, you know, think, uh, get some good contemplative m- music on to guard your joy away from all the commercialism. Um, it, it especially hit us when we were over in Europe. So I have a question because I mentioned this a little bit during the 1030 gathering, but I didn't get back to it. And I read some things, Carl, about, uh, uh, Abijah, <laughs> the division of Abijah, the season that they had um, to work at the temple, that dictates that the real Christmas, when Jesus was really born, was probably in the spring. Have have you yeah, yeah, done yeah. research in this area or or know much about that? Yeah, that's a you know that's a great point. Uh, probably he was born in the spring because of the 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 shepherds on the hill story, right? Okay. They don't usually do that in the middle of the winter in Bethlehem. Um, and, and around Jerusalem, I remember it snowed when we were there in November one time. It snowed in Jerusalem. So it, it can be very cold. And so um, uh, a lot of the Christian tradition, they wanted to replace the, the Roman uh, festival of Saturnalia, where you, you celebrated the year change and the Yuletide in the old English culture, okay. right? It's that, that's the culture apart from Christianity, the culture of Yuletide. And uh, Christmas was a, uh, Jesus' birth was a perfect kind of like uh, subversion of, mm-hmm. of that kind of party time of, of the Roman culture in Europe at the time uh, and, and in, in the Middle East. So I think that the, the, actually you're right. He was probably not born on the 25th of December. And going back to the little things, I know this is a shock know, for so you, Taylor. Do I, do so. I keep my tree up? Yeah. I don't know what to do now. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you will, we'll be okay. Give me a second. Give me a second to process that. <laughs> the significance that I've always appreciated and I've, only spent a little bit of time in Europe is, and this is where we get it from, right? Europe, that it is the darkest time of the year. It's the coldest time of the year. And so it's really cool that we celebrate light coming into this world. And um, we're holding on to maybe just a glimmer of hope. And and so that warms that brings warmth to to our souls mm-hmm. to maybe a, a hard circumstance and so the fact that Jesus came in the darkest time of the year again mm-hmm. is is 
hopeful yes. for, for us. Mm-hmm. And that could be significant, mm-hmm. I think. So even though it's not the day, right. we, we celebrate the significance right. of what it means that Jesus came. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. that's a perfect segue into the second point here because Elizabeth, they couldn't bear a child. So that was part of this pain right. that she was experiencing that as we, again, as I read the story, read the story growing up, you just kind of gloss over some of those small and maybe seemingly insignificant details, but just the pain and the sorrow that she had been facing and experiencing. And so the second point here is just expect purpose mm-hmm. through the pain. And Jose, just yeah. even that that analogy of the light and just being in the darkness, mm-hmm. just what I know we've actually done series on this and messages dedicated to this, finding purpose in pain and just walking through pain. Um, I heard from several people just after church on Sunday, how this point in particular spoke to them in their season of life and where they're at. Mm-hmm. But just kind of quickly, what encouragement would you give to someone just even based on the season of Advent, based on the story that we're reading through how someone can find purpose in their pain amidst just maybe a really difficult season that they're about to go into or are currently in now. Yeah, well, it's quite incredible when you think of it. Uh, in, in Luke chapter one, you've got all these like massive, mega, like big story themes of yeah. salvation of the world. But then you have uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth who have infertility problems, and and you know it, you know you you you've got that that uh, unanswered prayer thing going. You know they prayed for many years, and they were holy people. It's not like you know they they probably figured, especially from a Jewish point of view, you know why am I not being blessed? You know because yeah. you know we're righteous, we're you know doing all the right things. And it's really interesting how how God interacts with Zechariah, you know. He has that doubt, doubtful moment, you know, probably a, a bit of attitude. I think you brought that out, you know. He's like, hey, you know, this is all very well, but, you know, I'm old and my, my lady's well old too. Well along in years. Yes, yes. <laughs> Things and, you don't say to your wife. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, uh So there was, you know, that element of, uh, of uh, human doubt coming in over a long-term delay in answered prayer. But it was all part of the plan yeah. because uh, John couldn't be born until the right time, right? That's until right. all these things, even even, even Zachariah's disobedience was used by God because it said, you know, you're going to be mute until all these things will be fulfilled uh, at the right time, the proper time, the Kairos time, the yeah. appointed special time. So Yeah, I'd add, I'd add that the significance of this being at the beginning of the New Testament. So right at the beginning, we see that there's tension. And so if that's you, if, if you're living through that tense moment in life, know that it's not a surprise to God. God will use that even, you know, it may take years and, and there's a lot of pain there, but he He will. I think about uh, Romans 8, 28, that, that uh, oh my goodness, it's, it's blanking now, but he can use anything. And he, he works for the good of those. There right. you go. He works for the good of those who, who love him and are called according to his purpose. Right. And so that's everything, the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. And that a birth, birth announcement motif is all through the scripture. It's kind of like a symbol of God acting in an unexpected way in your life that you can't control, right? Because mm-hmm. you can't control, especially from their point of view, they couldn't control birth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's like one of those things is just out of your control. And so already it's starting, you know, God's coming with his grace, something we couldn't do on our own, something that's not natural. He's bringing in all this new salvation uh, from grace. And yeah. it's not, uh, you know, by human effort. Um, mm. 
Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. This third point here is raising up who's next. So we not only get a chance, we talked about this earlier, just John being the forerunner as far as going before Jesus, but even just this concept of raising him, Jesus filling this role ultimately for us as well. I know this is something that I've been blessed by just as a church, just how much our church has focused on this as far as raising up who's next. In a, in a practical sense, what does this look like for someone just this week as far as um, how do they live their life and according to this principle of just looking for who's next or what does it look like to, to value raising Carl, who's next? Yeah, you mentioned the commercialization of, of Christmas mm-hmm. in our culture. I think another thing that we have in our culture is we're very individualistic. So oh, yeah. it's all about me. Um, you know, I'm hoping for that bonus at the end of the year. Uh, I want to make sure that I'm working for that promotion. And, and uh, biblically, though, we're, we're called to live selflessly and we're actually called to live sacrificially so that other people can succeed, especially those that we're pouring into. So I, I did mention this, this is a parenting verse. Mm-hmm. You know, Zechariah is being called out to raise up this son whom God says will be a joy and a delight. Mm-hmm. And so for us who have kids, small, medium, or grown, <laughs> um, what what does it look like for us to, to really invest in them? And uh, then I do have a World Cup analogy here because I heard I Landon Donovan, who for played for the U.S. for a long time, he was the hero for the U.S. national soccer team, talking about this new squad. So he's no longer playing. Mm-hmm. He, he's passed the baton. He's right. now a commentator. Right. And so he, I loved hearing how he was calling out these younger players, this new generation, and he was encouraging them. And what he was actually saying was, they're way better than we were. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what it takes Mm -hmm. too for us to to be willing to say, those that will come after me will be better. Make sure that we prepare them to thrive and do more than we ever could. Right. It's interesting that that whole thing of, uh, you know, turning the father's hearts to their children and the, the, the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, it, it's so interesting that it came in, you know, what's that have to do with this or anything? But it's kind of like this ministry is of reconciliation within families. Right. And, and also, like, of course, in the Jewish faith, as well as other faiths, you have very strong opinions. So there were probably between the elders and the next generation, there's always differences of opinion of mm. things. And so it was kind of like, well, part of the, the ministry of this new salvation is to reconcile families, reconcile opposing viewpoints, uh, to, uh, bringing back everybody to the central focus on the way of salvation in Jesus, as opposed to whatever group you want to decide you're in yeah. uh, at the time. Because they had plenty of sex back then in the first century, uh, S-E-C-T-S, <laughs> I was going to say, well, it's good to know. It's, it's hard to hear. I, I'm a linguist, so I know the diff- difficulties of these uh, words. So, uh, yeah, a lot of groups you could choose to be in. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but, hey, look, there's also that, too. I mean, uh, Matthew 1, 21, the virgin shall conceive, yeah. you know? And so that's a part of the Christmas story. That's maybe a message for next week as we talk about Mary. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Gets uh, back on track best I can. Uh, we got this fourth point here, which is trust his every word. Uh, I'm looking at verses 18 through 20, just of this first chapter in Luke, where uh, Zechariah is asking the angel, how can I be sure of this? So the angel's just 
told a promise from the Lord and yet asking, how can I be sure of this? And I know um, if anyone's like me, there's times where I may not want to say it out loud, but in my head, I'm, I'm thinking, how can I be sure of this? I maybe know in my head who God is or what he's capable of doing, but deep down inside, there's parts of me that are wondering, can I how can I do that? Or, you know, how can I be sure of this? And so for someone that, again, is this is all kind of high level questions, but for someone that's in that point where they're wrestling with that, I'd love to hear both of y'all's thoughts on just how do you kind of cultivate a sense and develop a sense of trust uh, in God? Again, not just maybe a one time, but for me, it's a whole lifelong process of continuing to try to grow in my trust and faith. It's That's it. You just said the word faith. We can't know. We just have to have faith. I, I just got that as, as you said it, that how can I be sure of this? We won't be sure sometimes. We won't have the evidence that we need. So we just have to believe and trust, mm-hmm. right? We just have to say, all right, God, I, I don't understand, but I'm gonna believe that you're always, you're always the best. Yeah, and you know, uh, what's the phrase? Baby steps, you know, you take mm-hmm. baby steps of faith, you know, I, Lord, I believe, uh, help my unbelief, yeah. you know, it's, and it's a journey too. If you look at Zechariah, um, he goes from unbelief to something else at the end of his time. Yeah, you know, he has a beautiful confession of faith yeah. from the Holy Spirit. Just absolutely gets filled with the Holy Spirit and, you know, prophesies his son and even the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And then Mary, I won't say anything about Mary, but look at her trajectory also. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. I'm sure that'll yeah. there, There's a lot of commonalities yeah, with yeah. how the angel Gabriel speaks yeah. to Zachariah and yeah, Mary. They're, they're foils to each other. Really you know, the, Luke's playing with these yeah. two, two characters. Yeah, so that's why our character view is so huge. Very important. Carl, you know a lot about the Word. You've studied the Word, not just the content, but just the Word itself as far as the Bible and its uh, accuracy and legitimacy. And so I wonder how much of that plays into just even your trust and faith in God, just based on the Word itself and just what you've studied and what you've seen. Are there any kind of uh, snippets or kind of nuggets that have helped your personal faith and just understanding that this is really real? This isn't just, you know, an idea or just something to get behind, but this truly happened. This really is the Word of God. Have there been any of those things that have stood out to you as you've studied over the many years? Yeah, and not only study, but just I remember in Nigeria, there was a, there was a, a petrol or I should say a gas crisis because Nigeria typically sells its uh, oil to, on the black market to other surrounding countries and they don't have enough in their own country. It's a common problem. And, and, and so I remember it was like two weeks because of no they gas. They can sell it for more money. More money yeah. on, the, on the black market. So uh, we had no uh, gas for two weeks and I was up in the city buying supplies to take back down to the village, the Tap village where Joy was. Now, this is the age of before cell phones and stuff, <laughs> right? So uh, I still remember this story because God really, really came through on just a little thing. I said, okay, Lord, uh, there hasn't been gas at this gas station for two weeks. I'm going to park my car here because, you know, Joy's going crazy. She probably thinks I'm dead or something because there's a lot of car accidents. Uh, mm. That was one of the things in our first term in Nigeria. There were so many um, so many uh, car accidents, you know, it's like probably 17 times the rate of death uh, of, wow. any, of any U.S. Wow. city uh, mm-hmm. on the roads. It's very, uh, and that's, that's true in a lot of sub-Saharan Africa. Very big danger, more than black mambas or anything, you know, scorpions. It's, it's the traffic and mm-hmm. people driving uh, as if they uh, don't have to take care. So, um, yeah, uh, she was stressed out, and I'm sure she was, and I just said, Lord, you know, I've got my car. I'm here at this gas station. There's no nobody here, and there's been no gas for two weeks. I'm just gonna park this car here because I'm, you know, I've got our, you know, I need to bring our stuff back to the village. And you know, it's just a little thing, really. Although it was really huge for 
us back then. And sure enough, about five minutes after I parked that car there, the tanker came in and I was first in line. And usually there's a big fights over this stuff. And I was just parked there, you know, so I got my gas right away and returned to the village and uh, found Joy, you know, this is another funny story. Joy was really worried about me and she was crying because she thought, you know, I had maybe died on the road or something. And the three wives of our guard said, oh, don't worry, we wouldn't care if our husband didn't come back. (laughs) So that's the consolation that Joy got from those three wives of our guard. (laughs) That's the other side of the story. So she was worried. She was very upset. He, yeah. he moves like that all the time. Sometimes we have ice to see. Other times we don't have ice oh, to yeah. see. I think the, the bottom line is, you know, you could have been worried mm-hmm. and missed that, you know, and you could have just been uh, thankful that, oh, finally the truck arrived. But instead you saw the significant move of God yeah, I, through, through, through that action. And I'll never it, forget it. And it seems like he's, he does that all the time. Yeah. It's just whether we're focused on what's yeah. most significant yeah. or we say what the world is most significant and what's really insignificant and we miss it. So mm-hmm. that's exactly what I'm hoping that we do this, this yeah. Christmas season. Yeah. Well, that's a great tie in. The last two points here, muting unwise voices. We saw as far as God choosing to mute uh, Zachariah and then just what we're talking about, celebrating what God's done. Yeah. I think uh, unmuting or muting unwise voices uh, from the world because I think about the world is not trying to bring about or celebrate what God is doing. In fact, it's constantly turning us away from from what he's doing. And yet, uh, like that story is a testament. And I think about just whether it's uh, in family time, friend time, community group gatherings, where we just sit around and we can just share testimonies just like that of seeing how God's worked and celebrating what God's done. Uh, are there any kind of disciplines or practices that y'all have to kind of reflect or meditate or celebrate what God's done? Or what are maybe some uh, ways of encouragement that you can just challenge us as we can probably grow in this area individually and then as a whole to celebrate what God's done. (laughs) Yeah, I think on the, it probably is tied, the muting, when you turn your focus away from things that are stealing joy, when you turn your focus away from things that are of the world, not of God, then then that only amplifies God's voice. And Mm -hmm. so it makes it easier for me to uh, really listen to what God is saying and look at what he is doing. And um, I, I think this is where, Maybe help me here, Carl. When I think about the joy of the Lord, when I think about Jesus saying, hey, don't keep these little children away from me, when he wants us to yeah. stay young, uh, I think he's meaning in in awe of him. Mm-hmm. Stay young in our awe, not stay young in your spiritual maturity, but actually spiritual maturity means being in awe of the little things that God is doing right. and, and innocent uh, to also recognize evil. And muting these voices that that are that are not uh, from from God. So if we do a little bit of both, um, I think that'll that'll help us celebrate. Yeah, that's good. Carl, would you add anything to that, or just thoughts? Yeah, I don't have anything to add to that. That's yeah, <laughs> that childlike innocence, and uh, you know, that's we're supposed to have that towards forgiving each other, and all these kind of you know how kids can they can fight, and then all of a sudden they're best friends. You know, it can happen like that. All that kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, childlike faith and innocence and trust in God. Uh, and then the whole thing of, you know, Christmas being a, a baby. Who, who would have thought that God yeah. would, in an Islamic faith, there's no way God would ever want to become mm-hmm. a human being. It's a dishonor to God mm-hmm. to, for him to become one of us. We think it's a great thing. And okay, of course he'd want to become like us. We're so great, right? I mean, we don't say that, but, you know, kind of we true. think it. That's true. But uh, yeah, uh, it's like, 
it's an amazing thing that God would want to be, become a helpless nursing infant, the yeah. creator. It's crazy. Even Martin Luther said, you know, we know this is true because it's not our idea. It's mm. not a human idea to trade your Godhead to be a nursing suckling infant, <laughs> right? Um, so that whole, you know, uh, innocence of what, what you're bringing up about the childlikeness of Christmas and, and experiencing like a child with, with the presence even, with the kiddos, you know, getting excited in this Christmas story is huge. May we be excited about Jesus coming the same way that a child is excited about presents. Thanks for listening to the Conversations podcast. Be a part of the conversation by sending questions about the Sunday message directly from ccc.guide or by emailing conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Looking forward to the next conversation.